We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And that was rough. Another loss for the Timberwolves where they get down by 20 before halftime, then sputter to down 30, and then the bench clears at the end of the game and they cut it down to 20 again. Final score on Friday night was 116 to 98. Hawks win. And that is the fourth time in five games that the Wolves have scored under 100 points. This is random, but I I was sitting at Target Center tonight, and I thought about Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks. I don't know if you saw this, but the Knicks blew out the Warriors last night, Thursday night, and are 8-8 on the season. And that's just surprising. But I I, I wasn't just thinking about how the Knicks are, are, you know, 8-8 and and playing without a star. And I, I wasn't just thinking about... How the three players they play the most, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, are 20, 26, and 22 years old. I just looked that up. I was actually thinking about how much money they spent on their roster this season. Because I was pretty sure as I was sitting there, I was like, I I think the Knicks have the smallest payroll in the league this year. And sure enough, they do. They are currently $17 million below the salary cap, and that's after they just signed Tosh Gibson. The Timberwolves, on the other hand, are $20.5 million over the salary cap. So that means that if you just deleted Carl Anthony Towns and his $30 million in salary from the team and also deleted Juancho Hernan Gomez's $7 million, that the Wolves roster would still cost more than this Knicks roster. And that's just nuts. But it gets weirder. Get this. $16 million of the Knicks' $92 million in payroll 
is made up of players like Joakim Noah and Wayne Ellington that they're still paying but aren't on the team because they cut and waved and stretched those guys. So it gets worse in, in the context of the Wolves. You can remove not only Cat and not only Wancho from the books, but also Ricky Rubio's $17 million in salary, and the Wolves would still have a team that costs more than the group the Knicks are playing this year. That's just wild. Cut the three guys in the protocols, and the Wolves still have more money on the books than the Knicks. And I think it's just it's just representative of why it's utterly ridiculous that this Wolves team just can't win games. It's it's just indicative of a beyond this year a bigger picture problem. Like sure the Wolves have Cat and that's great, but with the time that Cat's left under contract, they're capped out for his entire contract. They won't have cap space anytime soon. The Knicks on the other hand, other hand, only have thirty two. million of guaranteed money on the books for next year. That's $80 million below next year's salary cap. The Wolves have $127.7 million of salary on the books next year. That is $15 million over next year's cap. We're talking about the Knicks. The Knicks, the incompetent team. The the Knicks are the one in a much better spot than the Wolves. And I, I bring this up because this is what I was talking about when Cat first went down, when he hurt his wrist. I said it was dangerous for this team to fall apart, to fall well below 500 in his absence. I I talked about the danger of this because being bad this season or tanking fit nowhere into the big picture plan for a team in the Wolves position. A team like the Knicks, sure, they have a young roster, they're saving their cap space, they own their own pick next year. It'd be fine if the Knicks were 3-11 right now. But the Wolves don't. The Wolves don't have their own pick in this upcoming draft unless it falls in the top three. And even if they finish with the worst record in the NBA, they still only have a 40% chance of that pick falling in the top three. Again, the lottery odds in the league have flattened and it just dismisses any logic in the Wolves' pursuit of chasing a top three pick. It's bad. And speaking of logic, I kid you, this was ridiculous. I kid you not, Logic the Rapper... His song, 1-800-273-8255, played over the speaker tonight during the third quarter when the Wolves were losing by 30. It was, you can't make this up. The DJ, If you don't know what the song is, the DJ played this song. We can relate. <laughs> oh, man, seriously, it's actually really cool that there's that there is still a dedicated fan base out there. I'm not kidding. I mean, I... In the past couple of days, I've read a lot of emails saying, Dane, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. I don't know if I can follow this team anymore. But you do. It's a masochistic endeavor, but you're at least listening to this, and I appreciate it. And sorry I'm rambling. I'll start talking about actual basketball in a second. But this is just truly a unique situation. I mean, obviously, there's the whole only one playoff appearance since 2004 stat, but I just don't even think that's representative of of this, whatever is happening right now. I mean, 2004 is too far back. I don't, I don't know why, but I just did the math on this, and the Wolves only won 121 total games during the four-year Trump administration since he was inaugurated on January 20th, 2017. 121 total wins in four hellish years and and that includes the 47 win playoff season 
And then I guess they won the one playoff game too. And that one win in the playoffs is more than they currently have in the Biden administration. This is just yuck. I mean, I, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's talk some hoops. Tonight, I want to talk about three things. One, Ryan Saunders. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Played 13 players tonight and 12, 12 players in the first half. No foul trouble, no nothing. Just 12 searching for something and not finding it. I want to think about uh, what it might look like if Saunders would do to do the opposite and just play the eight best players. So we're going to pick an eight-man rotation. And then two, briefly, I want to hit on Anthony Edwards, who again shot two of 12 from the field tonight and didn't score a point again until deep in garbage time. It's not looking good there. Three, we'll talk a little bit about Ricky Rubio, who kept it real post-game, and I'll plug in some of his post-game commentary. But first, let's take a quick break. What's up, everybody? We have something to tell you about here at Blue Wire, and that is that we love sports betting. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know uh, great resources for sports bettors, and that's the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting, and with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Pro, Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE50, M-O-O-R-E-5-0. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE50 to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. All right, so Ryan Saunders has played 10 or more players in every game this season. I've asked him throughout the course of the season as players have been in and out of the lineups with injuries or COVID or Jake Lehman and a baby. And I've asked him, is, is 10 still the number he wants to play? 
if this guy and this guy are out. And he's always said, yes, I still want to play 10. And he has. That's been the normal rotation he's targeted is 10. Sometimes it gets up more when they're getting blown out. But 10, I mean, on its face, that's normal. A lot of teams do that. But for me this year, I think it's just been one of the interesting endeavors is just focusing on the rotations this year. And I, I scribble in my notes every game, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out, how long they're playing, all this sort of stuff. And it's really tricky, you know, just in, in ways, given how certain players can't play with others, you know, it it, it really is throwing off guys' rhythm. And I, I really felt like guys were out of rhythm tonight. And I think a lot of it had to do with the rotations. Tonight, the point guard position felt particularly wonky. Rubio was on a minutes restriction coming off of COVID protocols. So Saunders said he had to play Rubio in shorter stints. But because Rubio can't play with D'Lo right now, that made D'Lo's minutes extra weird tonight. Just th- these were the This was the first half when the game was somewhat in the balance. This was the intentional first half point guard rotation. D'Lo, first five minutes. Rubio, next five minutes. Then D'Lo back in for two minutes to close the first quarter. Then to start the second quarter, Rubio came back in, and he just played for three minutes. Then randomly, neither D'Lo or Rubio were on the floor for one minute because Jordan McLaughlin came in and played one minute. And then D'Lo came in for the final eight minutes of the quarter. I mean, that's just... How do you get a rhythm there? I mean, and they none of them clearly did. It's just weird. I mean, it's I mean, we've a lot of people are pining against not playing two point guards together, right? But I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too. There are only forty eight minutes available at the point guard position. So if you want to play Rubio and you want to not play him with D'Lo, then he's going to get pinched. But I still feel like. You can play these guys in longer stints. You know, the two or three minutes in and then back out stuff just isn't working. I'm sure there's some sort of logic in that, you know, based on you wanting to get a spark and this and that, but it's just not working. And I I just think it's time to go eight minutes of D'Lo to start the game, eight minutes of Rubio after him, and then eight minutes of D'Lo to close the half. Eight, eight, eight. Copy and paste that for the second half, and that's 32 minutes for D'Lo and 16 minutes for Rubio. I know that might make the eight minutes kind of dangerous where Rubio's out there because that group, you know, he's going to be out there with the bench guys and that's they're just not going to be shooting. But I, I just think maybe you can make up for some of what is lost in shooting by gaining something, you know, in the form of a rhythm for the group. And I just think that this concept can be applied, you know, to the bigger rotation puzzle, like... Maybe the rotation is just too complicated because guys can't play together and there's just not that much talent on the roster. And Maybe it just needs to be more basic. Longer stints for all the guys that play and play fewer guys. What if only eight guys played? If they did, these would be by eight. The same five starters that they've been rolling. This would be, you know, with Cat and Wancho out. It would be the same five starters. D'Lo, Beasley, Akogi, Vanderbilt, and Nas. And then just three bench guys. One point guard, one wing, one big, you know, slide them around a little bit positionally and have those three guys be Rubio as the point guard, Edwards as the wing, and Ed Davis as the big. Now, I know Jaden McDaniels flashed nice in that Orlando game, but it's okay to not play Jaden McDaniels. And Culver had a nice stat line tonight, 15 points in 18 minutes. 
But he hasn't been good. I mean, I think if you want to prioritize winning now that you just got to pinch a couple guys in the name of continuity and, again, rhythm. It, I'm not saying it would work. I, I don't know if it would work, but I, it just seems worth trying at this time. I asked Saunders postgame if he's thought about shrinking his rotation. Ryan, you kind of implied playing the guys that are going to get you a win, being a little bit more desperate for a win at this time. Curious if, if that could be cutting down your rotation. You've played 10 or more guys in every game this year. Could could you go with a nine, eight, seven-man rotation in a game? I mean, you'd like to, but I, I want guys to stand out and separate themselves too. So I think that's a big, big, uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're trying to, you know, find something that works in there. And, you know, that's where you get to your, your 10-man, 11-man, you know, or tonight, you know, even bigger. Um, so, it, hey, if I get seven, eight guys, nine guys that separate themselves and say, hey, these are the guys who should be playing the bulk of the minutes, you know, then, then you roll with that. But um, I don't think – I think we have some guys who are, are very even, so it's hard to say who should and shouldn't be playing. So here's some of the logic in that – logic. Uh, um, when the top guys aren't exactly blowing you away – the logic is, you know, it's 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 hard to say, oh, yeah, just play them more. You know, I, I guess that's kind of sounds fair. But really, for me, playing them more isn't necessarily about have about them having deserved more minutes. And it's more so about just trying to do something different in the hope of finding that rhythm. And I think one of the guys that would seem to be a big swing player here is Anthony Edwards. And, you know, to start, we got to we got to label this like he's. Edwards is pretty clearly not contributing to winning right now. Tonight, again, he played 24 minutes and didn't get a bucket until late in the fourth. He was one for seven from two, one for five from three. And he again shot zero free throws. So his numbers over the past five games, five games, Edwards is shooting 18.4% from two, 22.2% from three, and 50% from the free throw line. He's only one of two from the free throw line in the past five games. I know the fouls aren't getting called there, but overall those numbers are just really bad. So the question is, we're talking about this eight-man rotation. What's the argument for putting him in a I'm desperate for a win eight-man rotation? Well, I think there is some value in Edwards like by proximity. The guys around him value from Edwards being out there given the attention his game kind of carries and when we saw that in the Orlando game when the Wolves second unit really got going in the first half of that game you know there's that the big run where it was who was out there it was Edwards McDaniels Culver Davis and D'Lo and Edwards was a big part of that they were they were running through him and even though his shot wasn't falling you know during that time they were still running the offense through, through Edwards and D'Lo and in you know in the time that Edwards was out there in the first half the Wolves outscored the Magic by 23 points 23 points in 13 minutes that Edwards played in that first half. But this is why I think it's it's about extending the minutes, longer stretches. Edwards played all 13 of those minutes in the first half of those of the Orlando game consecutively. Saunders brought Edwards in into the game late in the first quarter, and he played him almost the entire rest of the first half. 13 straight minutes. And that is that's not, it's part of my half-baked theory that you need to leave guys in there longer particularly this group of guys, maybe particularly the first overall pick rookie, you know, leave him in there longer to get a rhythm, even even through some of the, you know, even at the first five minutes is tough. I just think there's value in more time in the name of rhythm. And 
yeah, with, with Ant, it just feels like this could be particular. He might benefit from it most. And that's why, for me, he'd still be in my eight-man rotation. All right. Moving on to Ricky Rubio. Rubio has, uh, he's become the dude who just lays it all out to the media after the games. He's doesn't hold back. Um, I almost honestly felt bad today because we've only talked to him after losses, which I guess is the majority of the games, but, um, it's just kind of somber from a player who I guess I kind of thought would bring joy this season. Obviously instead, you know, the team has struggled and, and Rubio was contributing to that struggle, you know, before he went into the COVID protocol and then he went into the COVID protocol and now he returns tonight for another shellacking. I mean, it's just been a really rough return to Minnesota for him. Rubio kind of talked about all that post game. Here's what he had to say. Ricky, uh, we haven't seen you in a little while. Just in, just first of off, like what has the last week or so been like for you going through and how did you feel to get back out there? Uh, tough. Um, my family in risk, um, but I know it's a chance we're taking to come here. Um, and just stay home, try to get all clear. I test negative every day, so I just was in contact with and uh, positive and have to quarantine. So it's tough, but uh, there's no excuses where we live right now and uh, I'll learn from it. Uh, and then feel good to be back out there. Doesn't the outcome? It's not what I wanted, but uh, at least I can run up and down the court and uh, feel good. Ricky, just looking at these games and the one you played tonight, and then the previous ones, and it it seems like the team is in a real rut. What are you seeing that way? And do you see any way for you guys to kind of come out of the struggles that you're in right now? without cat on the floor there uh tough one uh, it's getting it's getting tough and uh nobody will feel sorry for us this week it keeps going and and we have a hungry team coming in this building tomorrow uh, we can like i said i think it was against portland we can like really point each other's mistakes, but uh, got to start with um, everybody having a clean house. And I don't think nobody in this team right now can say, I'm good, um, I'm doing the right thing. I think nobody can say that. And uh, it's tough for a team having like so many players uh, from start to bottom. And of course, Cat. When you have a talented player like him, uh, covers for a lot of mistakes, but uh, he's not here. But um, we got to man up in this league for a reason, um, and we got to step up. I don't know. With Rubio, it's it's tough to map out what a path to success looks like for him. I mean, the pairing with he and D'Lo just has proven to be fraught. I mean, D'Lo's struggled whenever he's off ball. And Rubio loses so much of his value when he is off ball. So the proposition of playing them together at all is, yeah, it's just kind of fraught. I mean, glass half full, rose-colored glasses, whatever. You hope those two synergize better when they're playing around Cat. We saw that in a, you know, in a couple of the closing lineups um, in the, the few wins this year. I mean, 
that's one optimistic path. And then the only other one really is just letting Rubio lead the second unit. There's not really anything else out there. I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think that's for now what you got to do with Rubio is just let him lead that second unit. And I think it kind of falls in line with my idea of playing him for one long eight-minute stretch in the middle of each half. Extended time to catch a rhythm with guys he's playing with, even if they're second unit guys. Maybe it's that to start, but then if he's playing well in those 16 minutes, you find a way to close with him next to Delo, which is a little counterintuitive, you know, if the whole rotation plan is to stagger him. But that's the path to, you know, opening up more than 16 minutes. Because if he's, if, if Rubio's exclusively a point guard and he's playing behind Delo, I mean, Delo's going to play like 32 plus minutes. So there's, there's 16 minutes max available for Rubio if he's if he's never sharing the floor with them. So I don't know, maybe if he's rolling a little, you you play those guys together to you know to close the game. I don't know. This, this whole Rubio thing has become far messier than I ever imagined. I mean, it's really one of the biggest bummers of the season, and certainly one of my biggest misses in terms of what I was forecasting to happen this year. It's been a crazy year. Um, that's all I got for tonight. I'll be back after Saturday's game against the Pelicans. I think I'm going to bother Jack Borman to join me after that one because I believe he'll be attending the game for Canis. Um, So look for that coming up. We'll keep this shit rolling. Until tomorrow, I'm Dane. Peace out.